welcome back to the Boardroom Banter Podcast, where we take a deep dive into the journeys, ideas, and reflections of the incredible people who are building a better tomorrow. This is a conversation by builders and for builders. Whether you're building a career, your skills, a startup, or even a life that you can be massively proud of, we give you an exclusive behind-the-scenes look into the thoughts and stories of our amazing peers and mentors who are doing just that. So sit back, take a deep breath, and get ready to step into the boardroom. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Wherever you are, whoever you are, it does not matter. You know what matters, actually? You are in the boardroom with us today. It's a lovely, lovely Friday. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that your week has come to a graceful close. Uh, you know, here in Kenya, we've we've had a really interesting week. So I think I I speak on behalf of most people in and around Nairobi. Uh, we are kind of glad it's over. Not really looking forward to next Monday. Not sure what it will hold, but um, yeah, I think I'm I'm glad to be in the boardroom. I am joined today by some highly distinguished gentlemen. Some you know, some you do not, but uh, we've got Mr. Boniface Omina, aka Local Noisemaker. How's everything going, Boniface? Everything is going on well. It's been a beautiful week here in Mauritius. Hey, I'm seeing all the all the hullabaloo going over, going on in Kenya. I'm wondering, do I really want to come back? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want to go back immediately. But yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling really good today. Awesome, awesome. For for context, anyone who's listening, we we had protests on on Monday, pretty lively ones, you know, in the CBD. Not sure if they'll be called to happen again or not, but uh, you know, protesting is protesting. I think it's inherently African to just protest. Like I think when we disagree, it's not, yo, we just be getting on the streets. I'm also joined in the boardroom by Mister Yuri Corret, aka Black Leather. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Um, I'm having an amazing week uh, back in Mauritius. Um, probably next month I'll be going back to Kenya, which I'm super excited about. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to see you guys again and, um, you know, have an amazing chat. Um, thanks for having me. Lovely. And in the red corner, weighing a hundred and... <laughs> Uh, we we've got our good friend. If you if you've been a fan of the podcast, you will know that he did feature before. He's joining us straight out of exotic places. You know, we call him Mister Ithaca, huh? young man from Ithaca, New York, United States. We've got none other than Mister Jefferson Kangacha. Welcome, Jefferson. He's joining us all the way from Cornell University, where he's currently studying. We're definitely going to dig into that. But um, this Founders Friday, we are, we are, we're switching things up. So what we want to get you know a lot deeper into with these conversations is talking to our peers, right? So people who are out there building, thinking, doing. Um, a lot of times our guest episodes on Tuesdays you know, we've got some, you know, crazy heavy hitters who sometimes might be a bit far removed from our immediate context. So we want to introduce 
this new way of going about our Founders Friday where we talk to our peers and we we could not think of a better person to kick it off with than Mr. Jefferson. Jefferson, my brother, how are you doing? Nice to be here again. I'm doing well. Uh, Ithaca is warming up. Uh, it's, it's the second day of what is termed as spring weather. And I think of spring weather as a time where things bloom. And I hope wherever you gentlemen are, wherever you're planted, wherever you continue to be, I hope you will continue to thrive and bloom just as my spring season is. Man, this guy has bars. Like, First first time in Founders Friday, and he, he's outdoing us, man. I don't think we'll bring you back. Uh, give us a bit of context, bro, on what your background is. What are some of the things that you're really interested in? And then we'll really start to dig into the conversation and plug you into the way we like to start things. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. I am a student at Cornell University. Um uh, finalizing my third year, heading into my final year. I study a dual major in international agriculture uh, with a focus on agricultural economics and uh, computing and information sciences. I'm very passionate about the intersection of technology and how it's transforming the work of smallholder farmers, particularly in developing economies. And I've done uh, quite some research in East Africa, uh, where I look at the impact of mobile-based technologies and data-driven technologies in the work that smallholder farmers are doing. Outside that, I'm a huge fan of um, being an active citizen. I'm interested in politics and public service, and I'm interested in how um, the power of conversation can continue to scale the work that young people are doing across the world in terms of creating sustainable change and in terms of also creating uh, critical consciousness among young people. Man, he hit us with a critical consciousness. I, I I love it. Jeff, I think w- one of the things that comes to mind when I think of agriculture is that a lot of young people are not interested in it at all. It is, it's not cute. It doesn't look like there's a lot of money in it, etc. But I'm pretty sure by the I mean, the sole fact that you're you're studying this thing at, you know, one of the most prestigious universities in the world speaks to an interest and and a passion and you know something you you've really seen something in that space which which we will dig into um but before we get into that we like to you know check in on how everyone is doing and that leads us to our pen check so our pen check for anyone who doesn't know pen is an abbreviation for physical emotional and needs and that's basically how we check in on each other how, how how's everyone doing you know Sometimes we're so quick to get into conversations, talk big talk, um, debate ideas, but you know, someone might be someone might be in the gutter. And it's our job to make sure that you know we're here for each other, we hear each other out. So I'll kick off pen check. Physically, I'm doing well. I was so hungry today. Luckily, opposite opposite my apartment, there's a lady who hmm, how do I explain Githeri to our non-Kenyan audience. So Githeri is basically a mix of beans, maize, and depending on your creativity, maybe there's some carrots in there, you know, some onions, this, that. So um, luckily I got a fix of, of, of Githeri for dinner. So I came home, remixed it. So I'm, I'm very I'm very happy about that right now. So physically, I think my needs have been met. 
emotionally all is well shot shot check yeah. the chat check the chat jefferson has the english name for gidey oh uh, according to our our agricultural expert uh gidey is called sukotash wow jefferson how do you say that sukotash <laughs> i think it's subject to debate here um and it reminds me of my very very good friend evan solo who i think might be listening to this episode at some point yeah. and um so he told me it's called sakotash sakotash um, it's subject to debate i think how people sakotash is really <laughs> me i knew but... this thing guys i knew it since primary oh, oh how did sure, you guys not sure. know yeah. i knew this thing guys <laughs> <laughs> uh that's hilarious thanks thanks for the heads up on that one so yeah meeting sakotash i'm happy i don't have any needs currently other than coffee like it's a new month i've been super busy this past one but i really want to go on coffee dates chat with people so um any of my friends who used to be my friends in the past you know here's our chance to rekindle the flame <laughs> let's let's go for coffee boniface how you doing I'm doing well bro. Um happy to see that you're looking for dates out here Sean. <laughs> I don't know what what does that mean? We we have to unpack <laughs> we have to unpack that. But yeah, I'm doing quite well. Um let me read guys to my pen check. So physically I've been sleeping a lot this week, right? I'm glad that I've been sleeping a lot this week. Um as we go into next week, it's heavy submission season up until the third week of April research proposals, dissertation breakdowns, all that good stuff. Um, so I'm happy that I feel like I've rested really well this week. Emotionally, I've been spending time off campus with some friends of mine. I think that has really helped me get out of this space, you know, and and think think through some of, you know, the things that I've been going through. You know, I, re- I re-injured my clavicle this past weekend playing a football game. Probably shouldn't have gone back that soon. But you know, boys will be boys. Um, my I was scolded thoroughly by Yuri and my parents. It's fine. I get it, guys. Um, I'm also feeling quite well because I tended I tendered in my my request for an early flight ticket. Um, hopefully the school will get back to me next week. Once I have the date set, it'll act like a like a north star for me, like a channel vision kind of thing. I just put all my energy into wrapping up what I need to wrap up here. And just prepare for what I know will be an incredible summer back home. Uh, my needs. Hmm. I needed. I needed to get Jefferson's perspective on on this going back home thing. So I think. I think will. My need will be addressed over the next uh, couple of minutes. But you know that's that's how I've been doing today. Yuri, how have you been doing this week? Don't leave don't me, bro. I I don't want to leave so soon. <laughs> don't leave me alone here. But. Uh... Anyway, I'll have to find a way to keep you over here. I'll book as many guests as possible. I'll be like, no man, you you can't you can't fly back. You have to do like five recordings. But um, anyway, I physically, I think I've really found my sleep rhythm this week. Like for the past couple of weeks, I've always been struggling. Like when should I be up? When should I be asleep? Um, you know, what's the right time for me to really dig deep and like do deep work? And I think I found my edge this week. Like I've been able to like, you know, find my right rhythm through this whole week. And I'm extremely happy about it. 
I'm feeling excited because the weekend is coming up. Today is Friday. Um, I'll be going out with Bonnie and a couple of friends just to have a games night. Really looking forward to that. We do that with uh, some of our friends here on the island like once a month. It's super, super, super fun. And I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I am going to be performing um, in one of the clubs in Mauritius on Sunday. So I'm really looking forward to really um, share my music with people and see how guys are going to respond to it, how, um, you know, things would also just unfold through that whole entire experience. Uh, my needs are considering that we are starting a new segment on the podcast where we are inviting different kinds of interesting peers that we have within our circles. Um, if you've been listening to this podcast and you know someone or you would also want to be part of this. Um, please, please, please reach out to us. Our communication challenges are open and uh, we would love to host you um, in such a space and um, have incredible conversations between founders, between friends and uh, between peer mentors. So yeah, that's my pen check. Um, back to you, Sean. Yuri, pass um, to Jeff. <laughs> Pass it over to Jeff, not to Sean. Pass it over to Jeff. Yeah. Jeff? Yeah. Not to Jeff. Yeah. Let me rerun it. I have, I have and... Sukatash in my mouth. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> um, and that was my uh, pen check. So over to you, Jeff. Um, share with us your pen check. Yeah, thanks, gentlemen, for sharing. I love the fact that you're very intentional in getting to know how a person is doing even before you jump into a conversation. And that really sets the pace for creating authentic spaces where people really get to speak truly and passionately and just authentically about issues they're concerned about. So my week has been fascinating. I actually just came back to Ithaca. I've been away for about a week and a half uh, in San Francisco. I, I was attending the World AgriTech Summit um on behalf of the Cornell Institute for Digital Agriculture and uh FTW Ventures which is an early stage venture capital firm that is looking to invest in pre-seeded stage agri-tech companies and I was there doing a little bit of scouting for startups and also doing a little bit of networking with um some of the best and you know leading companies in agri-tech um I came down with a cold, which was a bummer, um, but I was able to handle it pretty well. Um, colds, uh, it, it's it's very rare for me to get colds around this time of the year, but I think because of the travel, interacting with different people, you know, that that uh, took me back a little bit, but I've been able to recover pretty well, um, taking rest, um, hydrating as usual. Um, then um, I've also had a chance to catch up with schoolwork this week. Um, I have been able to meet my professors and go over the content that I was not able to cover in the past week. And then last but not least, um, I've been trying to also check in with my friends because I haven't seen them for two weeks, just try and see how they're doing mentally, physically, and also just show up um, because it's one of the things that I think is important, not just for friendships and families, but just showing up is one way of making sure that the spaces we are living in are healthy and we are contributing to making sure they're more conducive for our friends and family as well. Otherwise, this week I'm doing good. And um, I've been really waiting for today because I think one of my highlights is always making sure I have a value addition conversation every week. And this happens to be one for my, my week. Mm. 
Awesome. Awesome. And add value you shall, because today we are talking about brain drain. So for a bit of context, in one of our recent previous episodes, we spoke to Professor Tawana, who is the um, basically the head of Pretoria, University of Pretoria. And, um, you know, we asked him, you know, he, for example, studied abroad um, in the Netherlands, I believe. Was it the was it the Netherlands? Norway, Norway. In Norway, yes. Yeah. So he was studying uh, abroad in Norway. You know, got his 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 masters, etc., and actually decided to come back to the continent. And you know, and we had a conversation with him. You know, we we picked his brain about brain drain, and it's something that I noticed we all have in similar, right? We've all studied far away from home in foreign countries where you know, on paper, it would look like these are places that have much better opportunities, access, um, higher quality education, you know, all the jazz, all, all that stuff that actually leads us to go away from home and pursue these opportunities. And um, I think I think it would be interesting to just pick pick everyone's brain because this is also a conversation I've not had with the rest of the gents here in the boardroom, Right we we were whisked away from home saw the land of milk and honey are you guys coming back L- let me just even start there are y'all coming back because <laughs> boniface yuri and jeff also you're you're all boniface and yuri are in the fourth year jeff you're you're wrapping up your your third year right so you know this is a critical place to be considering this you know like uh, are you guys coming back what, what's the situation with that you yuri are you, are you coming back um yes for the summer but uh yeah <laughs> it's for me it's a bit difficult to really point out like if i'm coming mm-hmm. back to nairobi to settle and probably um you know continue growing my career from home um, mm. because you know, for me, in my own world, I, I I come from two different places, right? Um, recently, uh, you know, a door was opened, and now I have full access to the Netherlands. And you know, I've only been there once in twenty ten. I've I have not had the opportunity to really explore, um, you know, that area. Um, uh, and considering that Mauritius in itself has not been too kind to me um it's it's been very difficult to really start off things over here to really grow um just based on different kinds of barriers and um you know yes i want to live Mauritius and you know challenge myself somewhere else but i'm not really keen to go back home at this point in time um because uh, i feel that you know i'm still young i want to try out new things i want to be new spaces so i can really make a proper judgment call you know what exactly i can go back and do um in nairobi kenya yeah bunny are you coming back or or maybe you can even expand on some of the things that go through your mind when you're thinking about opportunities there in Mauritius versus coming back home you know what happens if you're given a job some money is thrown at you. Are you taking it? Mm, interesting question. Let me start here. Yeah. So when I look at 
sorry, my answer to this question really goes back to a large aspect of my upbringing, right? Where I went to the States at a very, very young age and then came back to Kenya while still at a young, as a young person, right? So that's 208, I was nine years old, came back in 2012, right? When I was you know, 12 years old. And what's interesting is I compare my answer to this question with those of my elder siblings, right? So I have my second eldest brother living and working in Canada. He has residency there. Then my sister, who's also living and working there. And then my brother, other brother, who's also living and working there. And then myself, right? So I came back to Kenya at a very young age where I was able to build up my networks and a lot of the work that I do. I was able to lay that foundation in Kenya. I asked them a question, and I'd love for you guys to just um, think about this as we as we go around with this conversation. I asked them a question very recently. I asked them, what did it take for you to relocate back to Kenya? All right, mind you, my sister Tess is turning 36. My brother Arnold is turning 31. They have no children, you know, nothing like holding them down or whatever. But they're just in a different stage of their life compared to me. And they told me two, two answers to this question. I asked them, what would it take for you to, to relocate back to Canada? They said, one, a high paying job. Why? Because they want to maintain the standards of living that they have in Canada. Number two, they said networks because they don't want to start from scratch, right? It's a fear of starting from zero. And we had a whole conversation about this and I definitely understand where they're coming from because as a 31 and 36 year old, in the Kenyan job market, you're fighting tooth and nail with every other person in your demographic. And if you don't have something that uniquely differentiates you from the others, you're just going to be part of this pool that's tarmacking and getting jobs that don't fit your academic credentials, for example, or your professional experience, right? And when I look at myself right now as a 23-year-old with my foundation having been laid out in Kenya and more so on the African continent because of being in ALU, there is no sense of finality with the word or the phrase coming back home, right? Because for past generations, it was either you go or you stay at home. There's no going back and forth. But we live in a world with a lot more access, with a lot more freedom for us to move from place to place. So my answer is, yes, I will go back home, but I'll keep going back home over the course of my life and the course of my career. What I do know is I don't see myself working in Mauritius. Why? Because the field that I want to work in, the type of people I want to work with, the diversity in culture that I want to work with and interact with and add value to, I can't find that in Mauritius. Right? If I was someone in the engineering space or tech space or finance, Mauritius would be a really good space because of how many international banks are here, how many finance companies are here, and the whole tech space. Right, And Mauritius being a, um, a, a tax haven, there's a lot of what goes on centrally in Mauritius. But with the work that I want to do in entertainment, with the work that I want to do in media and everything, it will only be enabled and made much more possible with, the, with me being able to move from place to place over the course of, of my life. Um, so that's my answer to that question. But yeah. I'd, want, I'd, want, I'd want you guys' opinion on my sister and brother's perspective to this and mine. Is it mm. a generational thing where... Mm they're a lot more risk averse now because of mm. the age that they're in, right? Or is it just, I don't know, like what, what could we assume is the reason behind that? 
I'd love to to get you guys' thoughts on that. And I like when you said there's a fear of starting from zero. But I think that that's coming from their perspective of they built something. And you know, it's taken quite a number of years. Whereas we are in the beginning stages of our careers where pivoting does not mean your life ends, right? If anything, I think we are at a slightly better advantage of, um, number one, we also really love our continent. You see, I think that's also something that's working um, on on our side, keeping us here. But, you know, for, for a large number of young Africans, they're just like, this place is, it's a mess. I, I can't, like, they've lost hope. And you know, ab- abandoned ship. I'm curious because Jefferson, you're 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 studying you're studying agriculture, right? And agriculture and rural development. You, I don't know whether you'd be able to practice that in, in in the US. I'm not sure, you know, if they need much developing in their rural areas. Um, how do you feel about that question? Because I mean, I'm I'm hearing you talking about, you know, you are you are at different conferences, this that, and you know, you're you're in these rooms and having these conversations, high level conversations about third world areas. Where do you see yourself placing yourself in 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 the coming years? And are you going through an existential crisis as we speak, trying to figure out if you're coming back or not? Absolutely. It's an interesting time to be having this conversation. I have exactly one year to figure out um, what I should do beyond graduating from Cornell. And in the case of brain drain, as as is a subject right now, there's a temptation to look at it from the economic perspective. But today I want to invite you gentlemen to look at it from at least social and political perspective, which is what I have been struggling with. Because from an economic perspective, it's a no-brainer for me. There's a lot more economic opportunity to uh, me staying in the U.S. But can I define the value of my education? Can I define the value of what I want to offer on uh, based on a pay slip, based on a salary, on a price tag? I'm not sure. I'm looking at it from a social and political perspective in this case. One, um, there's a culture around which we look at work there's a there's a culture in which we look at how we offer our value and i think i still haven't found that fit between me and kenya why i'll take the case of the creative economy and i'll take the case of agriculture because i see a lot of similarity in both where work in the creative in the creative economy and in agriculture has not is not being treated as decent still not yet Work, working in the creative economy, just like Yuri Boniface are doing and myself in agriculture, is still not taken as something that people respect as full-time. So beyond seeing work as something that contributes to the economy, I'm trying to look for a space where upon graduation, whatever I'll be giving is not just valued as an economic activity, but is given the decency and is given the dignity that it requires. Because I believe whatever tools of trade we have, whatever talents, whatever skill sets we have, should not just be treated as, 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 as a means of adding economic value. 
there has to be an attachment of dignity and attachment of decency to the same. And that for me is a basic, that for me is the bare minimum. So as I look at how I'm going to transition from Cornell, I'm really struggling with that because back at home, the conversation around seeing work and what we have to offer is still seen as something you're doing to make money. But right. at least from a policy perspective, at least from a political perspective, we do not see our leaders, we do not see our policies recognizing these things as in a way that provides dignity and decency to people. And especially in the field, some of these fields like the creative economy and agriculture. So that's a starting point for me. You know, there's, there is privilege, though, that comes from, you know, having having studied in you know these elite institutions in in foreign lands and then coming back and and trying to fight for and hustle for you know your value to be recognized an interesting trend that you know we've spoken about briefly here and there in our previous episodes is you know the sh- the shift of of talent sourcing from you know the west now coming into africa you know, we saw COVID happen and, you know, those, there's been lots of layoffs to date. I mean, record number of layoffs from big tech, et cetera. You know, just bloated institutions looking to get cheaper labor and now coming into Africa, like, hey, you know, we could we could hire four people in Africa for the price of one person in the US, but the salary we are paying that African is still orders of magnitude better than what they'd have been getting for equivalent work. For example, you know, after after leaving um, ALU, I came back home and and one of the things that I was doing, you know, I was juggling two remote jobs, right? One in consulting, another one I was working in in a tech startup, fully remote, um, you know, you're paid in dollars, you know, you're negotiating things in dollars, you know, uh, and, and the pay is much better than anything I'd have you know, been trying to get here. So in that sense, I think there's a movement of remote work that is leveling that playing field and starting to allow us to get some sort of dig- dignity um, and, and economic value to our work. But, you know, um, that conversation shifts now when you start to think about more entrepreneurial things like, okay, let me come home and start a business or let me come home and, and, you know, get into policy, for example, you know, there there are certain places that no matter where you studied, our, our broken systems do not reward things of merit or, or expertise or, or or whatever. And, you know, do, do you guys think that that's, that's something that could change, you know, um, I don't know what are you, are you guys hopeful that maybe you know by the time you're thinking of settling down there's there's some sort of path towards getting that dignified work that Jeff was talking about and you know being being able to find fulfillment in it rather than just being in the rat race like are you guys optimistic about that I think I can I can say I'm, I'm optimistic mm. because when I look at the people in my immediate circles, or even those who are not in my not in my immediate circle, but I'm very aware of the work that they're doing, I can see a lot, a group of young people really doing amazing things and building companies and influencing different industries 
And if they continue the same trajectory, the hope and, you know, optimism that I see is that these people will be the leaders of industry in the next 10, 15 years, right? And these are people who I know their values. I know that they're ethical leaders and ethical business people, and they are vested in there's a vested interest in seeing us as Africans, seeing us as Kenyans, seeing us as Africans really cement like our place on the global on the global stage, right? And just ties back to something that Jocelyn had said. Now Jocelyn is the head of Spotify Sub-Saharan Africa. We had a the show a couple of months ago. And what she said was the problem with Africans is we we always talk as if we're looking for validation from someone outside of Africa, from the West, you know, the global North, right? And the people who I see who are doing amazing things and making great strides are people who are not doing it to be seen by anyone, right? They're doing it for the sole purpose of wanting to add value to our economies and wanting to add value to the different industries that we have here on the continent. And I think focusing on this this specific group of people and the fact that there's a lot of collaboration going on amongst them across industries, across demographics, across different countries, across different regions, the fact that this is going on, it gives me a lot of hope knowing that at least there are people who I can visibly see making strides toward this. Um, yeah, that's what I can say with regards to that. Yuri, I don't know what you think. I think you've summed up quite a lot that I'd also talk about, but um, this what I'd really want to put an emphasis on is collaboration between each of us. Um, I, I really believe that for us to really leave a legacy and make a really big impact in the African continent, it would really call for a lot of collaboration between and, and amongst ourselves, right? And um, I feel that even for me and this is this is just a sentiment this is just a thought that i constantly have in my head is that for me to come back home in kenya or you know probably settle in the netherlands i feel that i need to step out and find different you know places where i can build various frames of reference such that if i mean if i'm coming back home i'm able to plug in in a, in a very unique manner and and contribute towards something right and that's why you would you would see that even while we're having this conversation, I feel that really I don't have any rush to go back home um to do something because you know I want to be in spaces where I'm collaborating with people from West Africa to get a certain lens of you know and uh, to view things in a different lens. I wanna collaborate with people who are based off in Europe, South America, different parts of the world such that if I ever make that decision that, you know, I'll, I'm getting back home to do something, um, I'll be able to do something that is unique. But also, secondly, like, it's very relative for many of us to say we're going back to settle in our countries because we're in very interesting industries. I would say, like, for me as a DJ, like, the way I'm branding myself is I want to be an international DJ. I don't think I'd ever want to settle in one place uh, have with with such a title. 
I'd want to travel all around the world and really share with people, you know, my gift and my my love for music. And I think for each one of us, I, one of the things that we should also just um, make sure that we're also addressing is that there's nothing wrong if we make that decision not to really come back and settle. You know, there's always that feeling when you're leaving the airport in Jomo Kenyatta International Airport and uh, your whole entire family has come with a bus and they're like, you know, don't go and never come back. That you would have done an injustice to the continent. And I'm like, yes, um, I do understand that you you feel like this, but, you know, I only have one life. I have one shot at this. And I really, if I find greener pastures, if I find, uh, you know, a certain space where I'll find a fulfillment, then that doesn't mean I'm doing an injustice to my country. Um, and I feel that, you know, we should not really judge one mm -hmm. another for not making that decision to come back home um, in the future. What do you Greener pastures. Greener pastures. I, I'm very optimistic, and I'll start this from um, a topic that uh, Sean raised at the beginning of this session. The demonstrations happening, it's not just actually in Kenya. I want to express my solidarity, especially in South Africa, uh, uh, my solidarity with Tunisia as well. Uh, there's one more country that I've forgotten. Um, one, I think, um, and especially from South African context, and not just not just in South Africa, really. Uh, I I can see a critical consciousness among young people to know more than just you know uh, information on the surface. Now more than ever, I'm seeing young young people um, question um economic models i have seen young people question um the status of you know politics and policy and how that's affecting the situation in the present day i have seen young people question historical injustices and that for me sets the pace on 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 why i am optimistic about how things are going to change in the future i am especially concerned and i'm especially interested and invested in how we are going to get into public service Convincing my peers right now that joining public service is the way to go is very, very hard, especially because it's a field that has been tainted. It's a field that has a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions. You know, politics is a dirty game. You know, policy is rigid. Policy is bureaucratic. But I think that why I'm optimistic is because a lot of young people as well are seeing sense in redesigning public service, redesigning public systems, and that being sort of like a foundation on how we are going to scale the changes we want to see in our countries and in our continents. So I'm definitely optimistic about, you know, how the young people will be moving into the future and how they'll be, you know, participating, not just in public processes, but also in like their fields as well. So that shows like that critical consciousness will be applied in more than just our public spaces. We see it in entrepreneurship. We'll see it in, you know, the creative economy and we'll see it in, you know, all across uh, various disciplines. Um, Cause you know, what you speak to there is the, the, the conundrum that goes on of, okay, the best, our best minds don't want to get into politics. We're all running away from that thing. And so who's left, you know? And so therefore, can we complain when things aren't working, when really the people who are, you know, entrepreneurial, problem-solve, you know, solution-oriented, those kinds of people run away from 
government. I, I think, yeah, we need to see a lot more people who think like us, look like us in those spaces. So Jeff, when when you're president, like just don't forget the gents out here in Bodrum Banta. You know, we 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 put you on from the start. But uh Yuri, 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 you were saying something. I, I really wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. ask Jeff, um, considering that now we are living at a time where yeah, even just look at us, like Boniface and I are in Mauritius, Sean, you're in Nairobi, uh, Jeff, you're in New York, like we're in different spaces at at this time, right? How can we step into, let's say, you know, public service and do different kinds of things within our governments that allows us to collaborate in between different regions, right? Because I know, like, you know, I feel that having the opportunity to study in universities such as ALU and live in spaces with people from all over Africa. The question is, is that, you know, if even if we're going to settle back in our countries or in different parts of the continent, how can we still foster that element of collaboration in between each other and in different public uh, uh, positions? Um, interesting question, Yuri. And I think... Um... I, I love answering some of these questions by looking at public figures that are already living, you know, this kind of spaces, people who are already like living these kind of ideas we have in our minds. And I want to celebrate one man, David Moinina Senge. Um, he's the current Minister of Education for Sierra Leone. And his journey begins in a very interesting way. And we cross paths or we, we once crossed paths in very interesting ways. So David's story uh, began in Sierra Leone and um, he later went to the United World College and transitioned to Harvard and MIT where he did a lot of work in the media lab, developing innovations, uh, specifically prosthetic body parts uh, for people who who, who are affected by the civil war in Sierra Leone. And while he was doing that, he always thought or he always thought about how else would he spread that change. And so he founded this organization, Global Minimum, that wanted to use education as a way to foster innovation, but also a way to get more young people to think about how they build change-making communities outside formal education spaces. So David spent a lot of work as an innovator, as a researcher in MIT. I believe at some point he was also in IBM. But um, down the road, um, he took a shot at public service and uh, agreed to go back to Sierra Leone and serve the Directorate of Education as a public servant in Sierra Leone. This is someone who's lived the the heights of what I'd call the American dream. Like, you know, they've they've gone to the best of the best schools in America. They've gotten the best of the best jobs in the top, top companies, but they still found an incentive to go back home. And that incentive is not something they would sort of get instantaneously. It is something they see as the future. For David, he saw the potential in young people in Africa. And he was like, I think... I'll risk it and go back to Sierra Leone and 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 use public education, public systems as a way to sustain this change. And I think having such people 
put in prominent spaces. Having such people at the center stage is important for people like us to see so that we can learn from them and appreciate the steps they're taking. Secondly, such people have also shown the willingness to open their doors for us to learn what it takes to be in public service. A lot of us um, um, feel disillusioned, they feel a lot of um, fatigue in even trying to seek or attempt um, um, to join public spaces. But David, the likes of David uh, Senge are making an open invitation for young people to sort of learn from their own experiences, track their own journeys. I call him my mentor from a distance because I don't speak to him every day. I actually haven't spoken to him since 2016, but I'm following his journey. And from what I am seeing, I'm having that sense of hope that if David could do this from United World College to Harvard to MIT and back to Sierra Leone, I can definitely also do it from Cornell and go back to Kenya and find my own way of shaking a part of the public system, be it in education and be it in agriculture. So it's also by the role models that we see that we can definitely penetrate into these public spaces and systems. David Senge is incredible. And just as recently as last month, he actually spoke at, at our graduation ceremony for ALC. So he was in Mauritius and and he did the he he did the the graduation speech for yeah for 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 our our class and David David Senge is is incredible and you know I've had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of times and most interestingly is that he he mentored a guy who I was at ALA with right so kid from Sierra Leone who's now studying in Japan man all the way in the other side of the world but uh, you know. Th- he was so inspired by David that every Sierra Leonean at ALA, like David was basically their their role model. You know, the reason they're at ALA, the reason they want to go back to their country, the reason they want to create change was that guy. I mean, just speaking to the effect of people who could have had everything far from home, coming back home to make sure that their people have everything. I just think that's such a powerful concept. Um, but it takes you loving where you come from to do that. I th- I think, you know, it, there's a patriotism thing there and there's a sense of let me pay it forward and let me do this for, for my people. So as we get into the last, um, the last segment and last parts of our conversation, we want to, invite Jeff into our founders wrap up and the way we're going to do it today. And basically for everyone who doesn't know what founders wrap up is, we just, you know, ask each other really tough questions. And for today's session, the way we're going to do it is we'll all answer the same one. Right. And today's founders wrap up question, which Boniface shall lead us in. Then Yuri, Jeff, myself then we'll close it out um but the question that we're gonna answer is this what do you need more of in your life and what do you need less of hmm. i like this question um i'm gonna i'm gonna take a health perspective to it right because i've been seeing jeff on this podcast people are gymming people are working on losing weight, full of eating healthy. Hey, I've been feeling a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm happy that you're joining us for today's. I'll be on another gym. 
kwanza nitafananisha hapa naenda pia utafilanga jib. Uh, yeah, so I think what I need more of in my life is like physical exercise. You know, like like a routine around it. I've been I've been giving excuses oh see there's no gym on campus oh but um I think this summer I'm going to really try and get more of just physical exercise in. Yeah. What I need less of is like sugary foods. I think my cheat code was I'd eat a lot of sugar and then I'd go burn out like the calories on the on the football pitch. Now I can't play football for like another couple of months so I think I need less of like sugary foods. But but to be fair my metabolism is like really great. Um but anyway, I'll 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 look into that. Yeah. Yuri. That's that's how he convinces himself that he's okay then comes for a whole packet of sugar in my room. You know? That's that's how he is. That's how he is. But um for me what I need more of, I'll just be very, very honest. I need money. <laughs> I need a lot of money. <laughs> uh, I'm at a stage in my life where, man, I, if I'm if I'm just given, you know, some solid amount of money, my career as a DJ will take off. I feel like the podcast will be in a, di- on a different true. level. Like, you know, I feel like I'm being held back just because of finances and it's, it sucks, but I think it's just, it's life. Um, What do I need less of? I think just common distractions. Like sometimes there's certain people who share with me opportunities to do things and I'm like, does this really align with my priorities at this point in time? Because a part of this week, I've just been hella, hella you know, invested in so many things. And one of my mentors just mentioned, just sent me a message and it was just out of the blue. It was like, um, you know, I hope you're counting the last days um, yeah, in, in your final day. I hope that your, your, your priorities are set straight. And I was like, what I'm actually working on now, my priorities really set straight. So I just feel that, you know, I, I need to sing or... or our school anthem from the Lanana school of the high school that we went through. And there's a stanza that says, Save the trash. Dear Lord, we ask for Nihil Praita Optimum. Nihil Praita Optimum means uh, nothing but the best. So I need to find ways in which I can just sieve through the trash that I, I come across every single day. Trash is metaphoric, to be honest. And then for me to become a, the, the best version of myself, that's what I would say. What about you, Jeff? that's that's pretty interesting i think i'll start with what i need less of um so for most of you especially here in the boardroom um you know i'm a researcher and i want i need less of screen time um i am barely distracted by like social media i'm barely distracted by like you know spending my time on the phone but as a researcher i have this temptation to spend a lot of time just producing your materials papers reading the latest, you know, across different bulletins. Um, and I think I want less of that. And I want more of physical conversations. I want, well, physical and virtual conversations. I want to speak to people more. Um, I was actually looking at um, at a post today by uh, this page called Desiring God. And um, they, they were talking about how um, electronics have are making people lonely in public spaces or they're encouraging people to stay alone in public spaces 
but they're also then encouraging people to stay like more connected and active in um you know places where you are alone and you know that that was an interesting analogy for me because you know i'm thinking of i'm in an institution like cornell where i get to meet millions of people so many people every day and i want to take that time to have intentional conversations and spend a little bit less time on just focusing on papers and getting work done and i want to have more of these conversations and i'm, I'm very much convinced that's why i think i need to go back to kenya this summer as well i think i didn't answer that um, and I'm looking forward to how that comes out in the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah. That's awesome. And I wish you all the best with that. I think to answer this question, hmm, I think I need more. More of circle touch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this this one wasn't so bad. Um, I'll I'll give it a good six out of ten. Um, I'd say I'd say I need more. I need to be more creative, and just create more. Um, you know, I've been very focused on my career, next steps, this that. Oh, lots of interviews, assignments. Uh, calculating salaries given taxes you know like I've, I've been in that loophole um, and going down that rabbit hole for too long and um, I think just looking at the podcast and asking myself you know how how can I be more creative because this is my first point that I must go to you know for creativity and these conversations are like my only creative outlet at the moment um, yeah, I just need to create something, you know, and just get lost in that process of like making something and introducing it to the world. I, I'm I'm not doing enough of that. So I, I need to do more of that. What I need to do less of, um, less of, I think, again, given the stage of life I'm at, I need to do less of what ifs, you know, these, and these are, infinite multiverse of decisions I could have made in the past and equally infinite versions of me that could have been. And sometimes I find myself doing that calculation of, hey, you know, what if you took this opportunity instead of this one and this one instead of this one? Hmm, maybe I should circle back to that one or this one. So I need to do a lot less of that and just, you know, get into my creative bag and, and make make stuff. I think as humans, we're happiest when we're creating. But yeah, um, that brings us to the end of our conversation in the boardroom. Guys, this one has been this one has been really nice. I I just love learning more about you gentlemen. And you know, given that this is a new segment and you know, we're introducing new voices into our founders Friday. I'm pretty sure as 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 people who love to seek excellence, we look at this episode and be like, oh, how could we have made this better and better? But, you know, off the top of my head right now, I think this was the best decision we've made this week. It was an honor and absolute pleasure to have you, Jefferson. And yeah, bro, you're always welcome back on the podcast. I think there's so much to unpack and, and to learn from you. Sometimes you send us these, these crazy research papers. I'm just like, Jeff, really... 
in fact you know the conversation we were to have today was was going to be so technical i was just like let us spare our audience from these cornell people uh, but <laughs> but jefferson thank you so much again for your time gentlemen mr yuri correct boniface omina thank you guys all so much for joining us in the boardroom my name is Sean Karanja in case I didn't introduce myself in the beginning. You know, sometimes I listen to episodes and I realize like we just we're so excited to hop into topics like we don't even introduce ourselves. So for anyone who needs to know who we are, um we are super excited as always to have our Founders Friday episodes out every Friday. We have our guest episodes out every single Tuesday. We've been super consistent in putting these out and we would love for your consistency in listening to these things we learn so much and we also want you to learn a lot thank you again for joining us today see you guys on the next episode have a great one